Hello and welcome to Decoding Duchenne, brought to you by the charity Duchenne UK with me, Claire Ronacres. Hope for future treatments for Duchenne muscular dystrophy lies in trials, where researchers can test their drugs on patients to find out if they're effective and safe. But the ability to carry out trials in the UK has been limited. Duchenne UK aims to make sure that everyone who wants to take part in one can. They've created what they call the Clinical Research Hub to make sure that happens. I was joined by a clinician who uses the hub, its coordinator and the charity's co-founders Emily Crossley and Alex Johnson to discuss it. I started by asking Alex where the idea for the hub came from. So the hub idea actually came from a string of emails that I had with a clinician at Newcastle called uh, Dr Michaela Guglieri and we had seen an announcement in a press release that Summit Therapeutics were going to be doing a clinical trial. So I'd emailed Michaela and said, could I put Jack forward for the trial? I was checking my inbox every two minutes waiting for a response and the response I got absolutely threw me to the floor. Newcastle would not be doing the clinical trial because they didn't have the capacity to it. To which I responded, looping in another professor at Newcastle called Katie Bushby, saying, well, why aren't you? Why don't you have the capacity? You're Newcastle. You should be running these clinical trials. So, so by capacity, you mean they don't have the doctors and nurses? Yeah, they didn't have the doctors and nurses able to run the clinical trials. They were already running several clinical trials very successfully, but they didn't have the capacity to take on any more, which I, as a parent, I found absolutely, well, I was in disbelief. I was shocked, disappointed, because for us, hope is clinical trials. So you knew there was a trial that your child might be eligible for but there weren't enough doctors and nurses to perform that trial so what did you do at that point so we had a come katie phoned me because obviously i was absolutely devastated and i said what are we going to do about this and she said right this isn't a problem just at newcastle this is happening at great ormond street and there are other sites in the country that want to run clinical trials but they just don't have the capacity or the skill set yet to be able to do it so in 2015 we hosted a meeting in Newcastle and developed the Newcastle plan. So, Emily, what is the Newcastle plan? Set out, you know, what you aim to achieve with that and how you went about it. Well, Newcastle plan was Katie's name for the meeting that we held, where over 100 people came from many hospitals around the UK and the National Institute for Health Research also joined. And the idea was to try and create a plan going forward to provide emergency funding for the two centres of excellence, Great Ormond Street and Newcastle, and then work out a plan going forward about how to sustain uh, clinical trials in the UK. So um, we we joined forces with a number of charities in the UK and together committed uh, over 1.5 million to fund emergency posts at Great Ormond Street and Newcastle so that they would no longer have to turn clinical trials away and that was successful Uh, however Alex and I didn't want to stop there because we felt like um, you know more and more trials are coming through this is a very exciting time for Duchenne research and you know Newcastle and Great Ormond Street no matter how much money we put in there will come a point when they can't take on any more trials so the idea was to exploit some of the expertise that existed in other sites in the UK and bring them up to speed so they could then run clinical trials so that was really where the idea for the DMD hub came from. Um, so we spoke to Volker uh, at Newcastle and Francesco at Great Ormond Street and um, we brought in Emma Heslop who works um, at Newcastle um, to run the DMD hub. 
And we're really pleased with the progress of the hub because um, I think in a relatively short space of time, we've brought in five new hub sites to complement the work that Great Ormond Street and Newcastle are doing. Uh, Duchenne UK has invested 1.5 million in these posts and we're now funding 16 posts. We're not just providing open-ended funding. What we're saying to the trust is, look, we will provide 100% of the salary costs up front for the first year Mm -hmm. and then we will taper that down over three years. This is not a sticking plaster. This is a a permanent solution. Yes, that's a very good way of putting it because the idea is that once these sites start doing clinical trials, they will be paid by industry to run the trials. So those posts will be self-funding. And, um, you know, we had had an update report from Great Ormond Street just just a couple of months ago saying that since they received funding, you know, they've gone from 139 patients to 351 on clinical trials and they, they haven't turned down a single trial since this funding was announced. And um, just to say one final thing, we've also launched a website, tmdhub.org, and we're very pleased on that website that Emma can talk a bit more about some of the functionality of it and what it will give industry and doctors. But for patients, you know, we've created a clinical trial finder that is curated by Duchenne UK. So we are in touch with all the trial sites. We know what trials they're running. Patients can go onto the website. They can read a very simple version of what the trials are about and find out information about how to enrol their son. Professor Volker Straub, you are the head of the team at Newcastle. What difference has this made to what you do? So I think most importantly, it's about the, the patients that ideally want to participate in clinical trials. Clinical trials are a hope to develop effective treatments that patients finally can have access to. So as a consultant seeing patients, it's of course you know frustrating to inform patients that unfortunately we can't enroll them because our team doesn't have the capacity. And the capacity also means actually taking on the responsibility as an investigator. So I'm responsible for the well-being of the patients, making sure that a trial protocol is followed. But how many trials can you realistically also take on? Uh, you know, Once you have the responsibility for 10 trials, it becomes really difficult logistically. So I'm extremely pleased to see that you know, fantastic clinical colleagues in other sites are now able to also take on clinical trials. So I think this is a win-win for the families, for healthcare professionals in terms of getting experience with clinical trials. So I think it's a fantastic achievement and uh, I'm very, very happy with it. Do you feel it's um, broadened the horizons of opportunity for trials in the country? Well, I think there's definitely more awareness and Emily already mentioned that Newcastle and London have been seen as the centres of excellence which is mainly based on a lot of the academic work that we do, but they're they're fantastic clinical teams in other centres in the country that were keen to take on clinical research and to learn about this. So Mm. I think there's a better partnership, better collaboration between... Shared practice. Absolutely, between sites, having also the visibility through the website um, and the the one hub to go to uh, to get information. So I think it has really helped the entire field in the UK. Uh, Let's talk to Emma Heslop, who is the hub manager. How have you found it bringing together all of these groups of people? Actually, less challenging than you would have thought that it might have been. And that's really because there was that drive there from the principal investigators at the site everybody wanted this to happen I think one of the huge successes of the hub is that we are truly collaborating as a community with the patient organizations with the academic sites and also with industry I think one of the the most well-known achievements is that you know we are as the hub acting as the one-stop shop 
for industry who are interested in running trials in the UK and I on a daily basis speak to industry who are interested in coming to the UK so and you're facilitating the those. liaison point so yes, if a pharmaceutical yep. company wants to do a, a trial into DMD they would mm-hmm. come to you directly would they yes they come they come to me as the hub manager and um, it's my job then to consider the different sites that we have in the UK and see and liaise with those sites to see which might be the most appropriate and present those to the industry who's interested in it and we've done this um, successfully for two sites two industry contacts already and just for those who don't know where, where are the other sites around the UK so in the UK we funded in the first year we funded Leeds and Alderhay as our first sites and then in the second year we funded um, Birmingham and Bristol and in this third year we're funding Glasgow and we're talking to Evelina and Manchester so huge impact already. Is that likely to develop further? Yes, so um, you know, we don't want an unlimited number of sites because there are obviously only a unlimited number of clinical trials um, So, but we are thinking about what might be more appropriate um, number of sites and one of the other areas that we're starting to think about in the hub is to develop into the adult population so it may be that we need to consider additional sites um, that are different from these sites which are mainly running paediatric clinical trials in the future. So currently most of the trials are aimed at children, but as people live longer, their capacity to do trials into older ages is more important. Yes, well, those trials are, you know, coming and we're, as the hub, interested in making sure that they happen in the UK as well. I think one of the reasons why the hub has been so successful, just to pick up on what Emma said, is that we sort of decided between ourselves that we wanted to target sites who, number one, were very keen, as Emma Mm. said, but sites that we felt the industry would have confidence to go to. So sites who maybe had run one trial already, who were doing a natural history study, who had some limited experience of Mm -hmm. clinical trials, but wanted to gain more knowledge. And I think that's um, where the hub has really been successful, because we've managed to bring these sites up to speed. They've been very keen to do so. There's been a learning between them and Newcastle and Great Ormond Street. And equally, industry aren't nervous about going to them because they can see they have a track record of sorts. So for instance, one of the companies Emma was talking about, Wave, who are doing an exon skipping study, they opened one of their first sites at Bristol, which was one of our first hub sites, and we were funding staff there to help um, the, the PI there develop his, you know, the number of clinical trials he was running. So I think we've really done a good job of building on the expertise that already exists mm-hmm. so that we don't waste any time. And once that hub site is up and running, it really is up and running and, and industry is going there to run its trials. I think something else that we are now seeing is that there are sites that are actively approaching the hub as well, inquiring whether they can participate in the network. Mm-hmm. So I think this is really something to be very proud of, to see that there there is now the, the hub seen as also for, for other sites to be the organisation you wanted to be connected to. So that's really encouraging. So people are coming and approaching them directly because they're valued for their expertise and their organisational... Yes, and yeah. they want to be part of it. So sites that said, you know, we would also like to take on Duchenne trials. How can we become part of the hub? What's the future for the hub, Alex? It was your brainchild. You started off. Where's it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not quite sure about that. It was a huge where, team effort. Where do you feel it should go next? 
I think, so there's a great deal of excitement at the moment about gene therapy and families are seeing the promising um, very early stage clinical trial results from America, but they want to know when the trials are coming here. And obviously setting up a gene therapy clinical trial is very different to setting up some of the clinical trials that are running at the moment. So Emma's began to look and, and see how we can possibly support sites in doing that. And Emma, how's that process going? So what we're doing is we're trying to develop what we already have now, which is called the DMD Hub Toolbox, which is where we keep all of the resources for sites and for industry um, to develop it to include lessons learned from gene therapy, previous gene therapy trials, not necessarily in Duchenne. So um, some of the protocols or the examples are coming from SMA but we really are using the knowledge of the community to develop these tools to ensure that the Duchenne community is prepared for the gene therapy trials. The DMD Clinical Research Hub Manager Emma Heslop there and my thanks to Emily Crossley, Alex Johnson and Professor Volker Straub too. And you can find out more about the Hub and other projects funded by Duchenne UK at the website www.duchenneuk.org. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, recommend us to your friends and join us next time.